Welcome to Truly Fit, the online fitness marketplace connecting pros and clients through unique fitness business software. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, I speak with Meg Letty. You can find her at MegLetty923 on Instagram about burnout. Meg is a physician's assistant. She has worked in multiple roles as a physician's assistant. And in the medical community, much like here in our fitness community, they deal with burnout at an extraordinary pace. Meg has dedicated her time and her life to helping people deal with burnout and really helping you know herself first realize what burnout is, what are the causes of burnout, who else is experiencing burnout, and how do we as a society and as individuals really take agency over ourselves and over the things that we can control in order to help ourselves not have this burnout. So Meg goes over the things that she learned and her journey personally and her readings and her studies with burnout, obviously in the fitness industry, Burnout is a thing. I used to work with people, let's say, 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week, six days a week. Sometimes I would work seven days a week, client after client after client. I have conversations with my clients. I'm, I am playing the role of uh, newscaster, updating them on what's going on. I'm playing the role of uh, you know psychologist, talking to them about their problems in their life, nutritional counselor, talking to them about their food. We have to make sure that we understand what's going on in their lives from, from every facet. And we there's a lot. That's a lot to handle as a as a personal trainer who maybe thought they were just getting into the industry to help people, you know, get bigger biceps. And before you know it, you're you're playing, you know, an armchair psychologist on a on a daily basis. And that, that could lead to burnout in addition to the fact that we make money per hour, right? So every hour we're on the floor that we're that we're making more money that way, which leads essentially to you know us wanting to work more hours, which leads to burnout. So there's a lot of reasons why us in the fitness industry lead to burnout, but also this is now a sort of a, a global problem. There's burnout in almost every industry, especially in the medical industry. My wife is in the medical field, so I, I see this happening from her perspective and her colleagues' perspectives. And I think it's just an important thing to talk about. This is a societal epidemic burnout. People do do not know how to handle going to work every day and coming home on the weekends and not looking forward to anything. And there's there's, a, there's really good tips and tidbits that Meg and I talk about to help yourself if you're going through burnout or to recognize if your clients are going through burnout and how to potentially help them. So with no further ado, here is Meg Letty. It's great to have you here. Why don't you give the listeners and the audience a background on you and what you do in the health industry? Yeah, Steve, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, so I am Meg Letty. I'm a physician assistant. I uh, work currently in uh, surgical oncology, and I've been a physician assistant for about 16 years, and I've always worked in surgery, and it 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 drove me into the ground, honestly, into burnout. Um, so what I did is once I recovered from burnout, I started a podcast and I love doing it. And it's simple tips and tricks to help people with burnout and busy people, like people that don't have time to do anything because that's what you feel when you're burned out. And so my podcast is all about burnout and tips and tricks to get you, um, to get a better life. 
Well, that's fantastic. And as you know, I've already listened to your podcast, so I know what it's about and I know what burnout is. But I think we all have a different view and definition of what burnout is because it is sort of a vague term. Can you give me maybe like a, a clinical definition and or a Meg Letty definition of burnout? Yeah, so a, a great clinical definition of burnout. So Christine Maslach is a PhD out of um, California who has studied this for her entire career. And she put forth three pillars of burnout. So one is, um, is emotional exhaustion. Inefficacy is the second one. Um, and then depersonalization. So, you know, what these mean to me or what it looks like for me when I was burned out, depersonalization um, was that the patients weren't people to me anymore, which sounds awful, mm -hmm. but, you know, a nurse might come to me with a problem and I'd be dealing with a bigger problem. And so, you know, say a patient was having pain, I'd be like, well, pain never killed anybody, right? Like that can wait. Um, but that's awful, right? That's depersonalizing that patient. And then inefficacy was just, you feel like you're a cog in the wheel and nothing you do matters, right? Like nothing, it, it's an awful feeling to have like, like nothing matters. Like you could just be replaced. Um, and then emotional exhaustion. I think that's pretty self um, evident, but it, I didn't have anything left. And I think the way that it really showed up for me was that, you know, I'd walk into a patient room and I wouldn't have any empathy for them. But then when I came home, I didn't have anything left for my family either. So it, it really, um, you know, it, it encompasses a lot. And so if I had to, you know, do a Meg Letty definition of burnout, I think for me, it was when I noticed that there wasn't any joy left in my life and um, that there wasn't, you know, it, it was my relationships were suffering. And that, that really brought it home to me because I always thought it was just at work. I was just burned out at work, but when it has started affecting my other outside life, I, that's when it really kind of hit home for me. Yeah, that all makes sense. I was listening to a podcast with a gentleman who like owns some big tech company. And he had a very interesting way of going about like his employees where it's one of these tech companies where they're playing like, you know, pickleball in the middle of the day. And there's like kegs everywhere. They could do what they want. And he said, there's like some study that shows like the autonomy in which you have at your job, meaning like the, the ability for you to kind of make decisions. And uh, there's like a graph, I guess, mixed with the ability for you making a difference is what what ultimately makes people happy, right? So are at their job or, or drives them to burnout, right? So if I feel like I don't have either of those things, if I don't feel like I'm making a difference and I feel like I have no control, then that's just like the remedy for burnout. Right. It, and, you know, I've read a lot about this too, and it goes into job satisfaction, right? Like how much can you control your day? And that's one of those things that in medicine there, you don't necessarily have control over your day because you don't know what's coming in or, or coming at you. But I think it's important to point out that although that may be the case, there are things that you can control, right? You can control kind of your morning before going to work and, you know, after you get home from work. And that's where you can kind of look at where to spend your energy on, on controlling your day. So let's go back to when you first started experiencing burnout. What were the signs and symptoms and, and how did you come to know of this? So I, it goes so far back. So um, I was in cardiothoracic heart and lung surgery for nine years. And when I first started, my kids were very small. I think Ellie might've been like 18 months and Emma was, was um, maybe two and a half. So my kids were very small. So you're kind of in this stage of not sleeping. Um, and then I put call on top of that. 
So I don't think I recognized burnout right away because I thought this was just life, right? It's just call, it's just kids. And eventually they'll sleep through the night and things will get better. And it just never did, you know, it, and the thing that really, I think got to me was when I just didn't have anybody to turn to, you know, it was like, I'd kind of, I lost all my friends because they kept asking me to go out, but you feel like you have no energy to go out. Um, you don't, you're not doing anything for yourself. Um, and then you're just kind of a puddle. Like, you know, my husband was like, I don't even really want to be around you. Just that's when it really hit me. Um, and you know, then it, then it's like the crying in the bathroom stall at work, right? Like there's one day where everything breaks down. Um, and that was when my daughter told me that she couldn't call me at work to pick her up from, um, she was at camp. It was a summer camp. And she said, I, I can't call you at work. Cause you're going to yell at me because you can't, you can't come get me. You're going to yell at me. And that was my breaking point. I was like, my kids need to feel comfortable calling me, even though I'm in heart and lung surgery. Like if I have to leave and pick them up, they need to feel comfortable calling me. Well, this seems like an insensitive question to ask right after you uh, just finished with that, but this is just me playing devil's advocate. Uh, aren't we all tired? Don't we all dislike our jobs in some respects? You know, what, what was there, I didn't hear a burnout 40 or 50 years ago. Is this just a millennial thing or, or am I wrong? I, I don't think this is a millennial thing. I think that things have changed in 40 or 50 years where people may have not truly enjoyed their jobs in the past, but their jobs ended. There wasn't email. There wasn't, you know, um, getting paged in the middle of the night. You know, if you did, let's just say you were a farmer. I mean, you were out in nature. Nature has been proven to help elevate our mood. I mean, there were things that it may have been tough to be a farmer, but your day ended and you got a good night's sleep. Um, if you were in a factory, you know, working, you know, you went to the factory, you came home, you spent family time and yeah, you might've been tired, but you were doing a hard day's work. I think our work never ends for us. And I think that is what truly has put us into burnout and just our lack of connectivity, especially with COVID, right? We haven't been able to get together in person and that's really important for our mental health. We are, as humans, we need to have a community and we crave community. It's how we stayed alive when we were cavemen. And when we don't have that, and we think we have it through social media, but it's not the same, this is all contributing to burnout. And this is why I think so many people feel like, oh, like, isn't this just normal? Well, it's not, it's not normal. Um, we're not living in normal times and we've had technology come so far and our brains and our bodies have not caught up. You made so many great points there, but I, I just want to hit on one first is the amount of variables that we deal with today is just it's unprecedented, right? So yeah, of course it was hard 120 years ago if you were a farmer, but really the variables that you were up against were, was the weather and that's it. Everything else is just you, know, you waking up, you starting your day when you needed to, you ending your day when you needed to. Obviously there's financials involved as far as you know how much you know seed that you can lay down, things of that nature. But now, you know, you wake up and it's like, okay, well, my alarm didn't go off at the right time. And now I'm, now I'm running behind. Oh, the, the, the water heater's broken. So I can't shower this morning. And, you know, the coffee pot didn't go off properly. And my kid is crying and I, you know, the, the car, I, I you know, didn't get gas the night before. And then you get to work and one of your colleagues called out sick last second. 
And now, now you're short staffed there and, you know, somebody forgot to order the needles and now we don't have any 25 gauge right. needles. So we can't give the tetanus shots. So whatever these things are going on, it's just, it's, it's unlimited variables. And that's, you know, technology is a, a blessing and a curse in that respect. Yep. Totally agree. And so, you know, I think burnout is real. Um, and I think a lot of people are experiencing it in many different facets um, and at many different levels. Right. So it's real. It, is quitting an answer to this? Is it ever an answer? Is it sometimes, always? What is your thought on just saying, you know what, I've, I've had enough, I'm on to the next job? So I think, oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. So I think you have to take a step back before quitting and figure out what you truly want. And that goes back to your core values, figuring out who you are and what you truly want from your job and your life. And if the job does not align or, or you ask and they cannot align with what you need, then I think that looking for another position is an option. But running away, meaning just saying, I quit, I can't do this anymore, and running to another position that you haven't thought about, it's just another way to pay the bills, and there isn't anything better about it or more aligned with your core values that doesn't help the situation. You're going to end up burnt out again because you're not aligning with what you really need. And so there has to be a thought process before moving on. If, if that's the answer. That makes sense. It's like, you know, breaking up with your significant other and then finding someone else who uh, has the same exact flaws and starting over again. Right. Unless you're assessing the situation and knowing, okay, I have to stay away from this and go towards this. Then what is the point? Right. It's a, it's a bigger process than just quitting. It's, it's assessing everything. So how did you manage your initial burnout? What were the first steps that you took to try to, you know, quell that burnout slightly? Well, so you're going to love this. My friend reached out to me and was um, doing this um, exercise. And she was like, you know what? I want to be supportive of you. Like, just, you know, can you do this with me? And it was one of these things where I was so tired and so burnt out. I was like, take my credit card information because it's going to take me longer to say no than to say yes to you. So I was like, take it. And so I started this health group, started doing some exercise, um, got a healthy shake into my diet in the morning. It was offered through this whole system. And that was the piece that helped me on my journey. It was that little bit of like it. I mean, I probably worked out maybe 20 minutes, like three times a week when I started. And I just did this shake every day and it was 60 seconds to make the shake in the morning. But that was the piece that helped me on my way. I think it's both physical and psychological too, because obviously having proper nutrients in you and caring about your body and working out, that's all great. But you also took time to do something for yourself, right? You took that time to sort of gear down or gear up, whatever it is before or after work. And I think that's an important piece. Well, and I think the big part for me was telling my brain or my subconscious that I was worth it, right? Like I was worth taking this time out of my day or taking this much money and giving it just to me, not to my family, not to my kids, not to anybody else, which I hadn't done for a very long time. And I think to the personal trainers, which is the the vast majority of my audience, that is a genuine pitch to people who, who, who are, let's say in the medical field who make a lot of money or make a good, a good salary, but yet they're burnt out is to say, again, this is genuine. You're not trying to like coax them into something. You're just saying you need to take care of yourself. 
you know, what is the point of having all of this money if by the time you get to whatever age, you were so burnt out physically and psychologically, which then in turn wears on your body, right? And then we start to break down and have sickness. We know that so many sicknesses are tied to like stress-related things. So spend a little bit of money, come personal train with me, and I'll, I'll make sure that, that, that we lessen the burnout. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say that I, I, I'm not sure about this and maybe you can speak to this, but especially as a mom, I think it was really hard for me to pull the trigger on spending money where like, I feel like my husband, it's a little bit, I don't, I don't know this, but I feel like it's a little bit easier, but so I think it's really important, especially moms that, you know, really are not investing in themselves. I mean, who are taking care of not only their patients, but their families. I mean, they really need to invest in themselves. Oh, I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, full disclosure, you and I have talked in the past before, and you know, that, you know, my, my wife who's in the medical field that also experienced burnout. And she, you know, sometimes she'll, you know, there's a, a $17 monthly gym membership that she'll be like, mm, I'm not really sure. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like you need this. Even if you got there once a month, it would be worth it. Forget about, you know, once or twice a week. Like, no, like this, this has to be spent. This is for your mental and physical health, which in turn allows you to bring in money, right? You're not going to be able to bring in money unless you're spending the money on yourself. So I, I agree with you completely. I think there is a, there is a sense that, there's, there's another way to fix this and I'll find it, but it's not going to be spending money. And sometimes that's the best way to fix it because I call it the hot dog uh, steak theory, where if you buy a, a pack of dollar hot dogs, not that you should be doing this, but if you do, uh, you might look in your, like your drawer in your refrigerator and, and you have to throw them out because they've been there for like four months, right? They were on sale or whatever. But if you bought a $24 T-bone steak, you know, that's not making it more than 12 hours because you right. spent the money. So you're going to, you're going to use that item so that you get the, you know, the, the feeling that you've, you got your money's worth. I totally agree. Yep. Especially if you don't want to spend money, spend the money, you will take advantage of it. So I'm glad we talked about that. You know, the sort of the nutrition and exercise component, we didn't talk about sleep, but that should be obvious, right? If you're not sleeping properly, that's an issue. You're going to be burnt out. Do you have anything else to add as far as like, the, the sleep component to burnout? Absolutely. Sleep is huge. I can't tell you when I started getting more sleep, what it did for me and what it did for my patients and, and what my day looked like. So, I mean, the biggest thing I did was I took back my sleep, um, at 9 PM. I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to bed at 9 PM. The TV's off. And once I made that decision, it's been the best decision, you know, just one of the best decisions that's helped me control kind of what's going on during my day. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and we, again, we, when we talked before the limiting curveballs, controlling things as much as you can is important. And that, that is something that we can control. Now, some people have so much anxiety, they're waking up in the middle of the night and that's a whole nother set of sleep issues, but going to sleep late is, is your problem, right? You're, you're doing something wrong. You're staying up too late. You're not getting the right things done. And I know there are people who say, well, you know, I get home from work late. I am burnt down. I'm so tired. I need three or four hours for me, for me time. And I get that. But spending that me time up too late is just going to start that snowball effect of you being more burnt out. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of that me time, quote unquote, is watching a show that doesn't move you forward or, you know, you're spending time on your phone that really it's really wasteful. I mean, when I started looking at where my time was going, you can start picking up on where your time is almost wasteful. It's not helping. It's not good me time. Good me time is me getting a good night's sleep. 
hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's well put. And I hope, uh, I hope people actually listen to that because that's something of all of the tips I give my clients that uh, the clients I work with, not the personal trainers, it goes in one ear and out the other. And they, there's a, there's a baseline effect that I talk about a lot where people think their baseline is already at, let's say like a high level, like 90 or hundred percent of their optimum energy or clarity. And it's usually not even close. They're just, they're running on fumes and they don't know they're running on fumes because they haven't taken a step back to sleep properly and assess all those other things. Yeah. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I didn't know how good I could feel until I made these changes. I mean, you do, you think like, okay, I'm pretty good. I might be a little tired, but I'm pretty good. My energy and concentration and clarity since I've made these changes is a place where I didn't think I could get to. I imagine again, my wife being in the medical field, that clarity component too is so important because what happens is you're not making mistakes at work and you're not second guessing yourself and everything is going better at work. Therefore, at the end of the day, it's just an easier process to go home rather than say like, oh, I had, I I only got 20 of the 25 things done and I might've not even done them all correctly. Right. And, you know, being more efficient too, I'm definitely more efficient, which allows me to close my notes more quickly um, because it is, it's just mental clarity. I'm not getting pulled away or my and my brain can stay on task and, and you can finish things and get home on time. So we already hit on some of them, but let's talk about other like external factors mm-hmm. that lead to burnout that could potentially be controlled uh, that we, that people need to notice in their day-to-day lives. Yeah. I think, you know, there's so many factors that like can feed into burnout. And I, and I do think, especially in medicine where I come from, it's just, you get pummeled. I mean, meaning you could be writing a note, getting a page, somebody comes and and says, I need you in this room. It it, it feels like it's coming from all directions. And the big thing for at least medicine burnout is that, you know, some of those, again, when I got some mental clarity around them, you can start avoiding some of those, you know, so I've started doing things preemptively that have helped me, um, you know, like preparing notes and preparing orders and doing things preemptively. And then also when I do an order, putting in the notes section, like any question they could possibly have. So then I don't get the page, um, you know, you, there's things that you can do to kind of preemptively like help your day. Um, and so that's been great, but also I think, you know, again, we talked before, having good food in your day. I mean, I definitely make sure I pack a lunch. It's good food. And I also think about my day. So on Wednesdays, we have a meeting from 12 to one. And so I know that's a day that it is not going to be easy for me to eat a salad, right? Like it's, I'm going to be on this meeting and doing things. And so I pack things that I can eat very quickly, like some hard boiled eggs and, you know, some carrots and things like that, that I can just kind of shove in my mouth and it'll keep me going. Um, but just having a little forethought can help your day go so much more smoothly and get you out the door and home where you want to be and where you want to spend your time. So yeah, I think just a little bit of planning helps so much. Yeah, that's great information. And it seems like uh, obvious, but people just don't do it. And they just show up to work and expect everything to be uh, you know, ready and settled. And you know, in our industry, you know, if, if you do that, if you're a personal trainer and just show up to the gym and you, and you, you don't have a plan, that could be a problem because maybe you had a, a small plan where you're like, okay, I'm going to go use the cable machine with my client today. And you get to the gym and the cable machine's broken. Well, if you would have got there 10 minutes early, maybe you had a, you know, a chance to you know, switch routines and think about what else you could have done. But if you get there one minute early or one minute late, you're screwed. There's nothing to do. And I, you know, I do think there's a, 
to this, and you could speak to this. So this is my next question here. Like, like the, the weekend, the, the, the time off component, like how, you know, how do we deal with that as, as personal trainers, the, the, I'll tell you what we struggle with the most is that, uh, we spend, you know, at any given time, I might see 10 people in 10 hours and I'm doing nothing but talking for 10 hours. I am a therapist. I am a news reporter. I am, uh, I'm a therapist. I am a, I'm a, an expert in science and nutrition. I am a gossip king, I, everything, right? So you spend 10 hours talking to people and it's just like at the end of the day, do I have like the energy to go and talk to my partner or anybody else? No. And like, you know, how, how do you deal with the, the downtime you're actually given? How do we use that to, to recover? Yeah, that is a great question. And so, you know, and I think this is all about knowing your partner too, because there are definitely times where myself or my husband will come home and we can say to each other, like, I need, I like, I need tonight or where, where he, he's talking at work. He's a golf pro. So he is talking at work all day. He's a therapist. <laughs> I, I was, I was clapping because I was like, I know exactly. Um, but yeah, he'll come home and he'll just be spent. And the last thing he wants to do is talk more. Um, and so just knowing that, and then, you know, again, if he needs his rest time, he, we, we might go for a walk and not talk, but again, incorporating something healthy without the talking. Um, it's not sitting down and watching TV all night, right? Which a lot of people think is how they're going to recharge it. That isn't necessarily what recharges you, um, having a good food, having a good meal. So, um, I really will always try to put some, a good dinner on the table, um, and be really invested in that. And that is where we invest time to talking to our kids and talking to each other. Um, and then letting people, you know, kind of do their own thing. But over the weekends, I think it, for us, it's very important. We try to spend a family day on Sunday. So my husband works weekends. And when he has a Sunday off, I try to make sure that Sunday is our family day. Like there isn't chores to do. I mean, he might have to mow the lawn, but we really try to spend it as a family day and put our efforts into that, which makes my Saturday pretty busy to get everything done. But I know that I get a reward of resting on Sunday with getting those things done on Saturday. And so really knowing where to put your energy and what your reward is for it, it, it helps me get through. I think setting those boundaries, which is what, what I heard from you too, similar, mm -hmm. you have these family days on Sundays is important. Sometimes people are afraid to do that, whether it's other external family members or it's friends or other things going on, or even work, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to contact you. Sometimes you just have to say, no, 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 like this, this is my time alone, whether it's my individual time alone. And you tell your family, I need to go on a 40 minute jog and you know, here, mm -hmm. here's the baby I'm yeah. out. Or, or if it's you and your family and you say, I, I'm turning my cell phone off because I don't care. I'm, I'm not on call and I don't care if, you know, my aunt Sally wants to catch up with me because I just, I don't have the mental energy to do that. Right. And it's okay to do that. I think a lot of people do not give themselves the permission to do it. And it's okay. Really. If you're not on call, if you're a medical professional and nobody's going to die, it's okay to shut your phone off. It's okay to not answer that email within 30 minutes of getting the email, right? It's okay. Yeah. And again, we, we talked prior to this. And I think part of the problem is people who are very, who are overachievers and who are successful and who, who always want to take the next step sometimes can't tell themselves it's okay to just do nothing, but doing nothing will allow you to be more productive in those times you're doing other things. Yeah. And that, you know, just to touch on that, there is science behind adult play. 
you know, there's a guy that, that studied adult play and how important it is and how important it is to your brain to help you seek creative solutions um, to um, issues or challenges you're having and getting play in, which I was like, I don't need to play, you know, but it has changed my world. Um, it is amazing how it changes your brain and how much fun you have doing it. This has been fantastic information. Can you tell us a bit more about your podcast? What is an episode like? What do you typically cover? Yeah. So my podcasts are for busy people. And so they are not long. So they range anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes. I think is the longest one I've ever had. And I get right to the heart of it. I try to give you tips that you can really put into your day immediately. These are not hard things. These are things that um, you just, you can walk through your life and help let it let these tips help support you through. Um, and they can really change the neuroscience of your brain, which is, which is really where we need to make an impact to help with burnout. Yeah. And trainers should know that because we know that it takes however long, you know, whatever, seven days to or three weeks to start these processes to become normalized in your brain, uh, firing the, the neurons and, and getting things normalized. So uh, where can we find everything Meg Letty and your podcast? Yeah. So, um, my podcast is on all the major, um, podcasts, Apple, Spotify, it's called burnout. Uh, what I've learned so far with Meg Letty, I am on Instagram, Meg Letty 923. You can follow me there, but, um, honestly, if, if you guys can just listen to one podcast, I, I swear it will speak to your soul. If you're feeling burnt out. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I echo those thoughts. I've listened to it and it's a great podcast that I'm sure down the road we'll uh, maybe take one particular thing about burnout or we'll do like a five-step thing and be a, a bit more like precise and uh, we'll unpack it again here at this really good podcast. That'd be great. I'd enjoy that. Thanks, Beck. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.